0: Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Carly. We are the creators and hosts. As two women who received late autism diagnoses, we are passionate about educating, celebrating, and highlighting autistic identities. This life-changing diagnosis opened a whole new world to us both. Our special interests have been so important in our journey of self-discovery through our autism diagnosis.
1: Special interests provide autistics with an element of regulation, comfort, and support. We want to provide a platform where others can share the joy of their special interests. Our podcast aims to represent diverse autistic identities through an inclusive community where autistic voices are valued, validated, and seen.
0: We're excited for you to join us on our journey of learning and story sharing.
1: Join us weekly as we share about our own experiences and other autistic stories.
0: Boom, recording, go. (laughs) (laughs) Ah.
1: Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It is episode five. Episode
0: five, feeling alive. How's it going, everybody? How are you doing, Alex? Doing great. Like I said, feeling alive, especially after having COVID last week. I'm back at it again. She's back. Back. Back back in the new york groove is that a song yeah it's a song how are you carly i'm
1: doing well i'm also feeling alive i saw you into the
0: farmer's market
1: I did. It was really nice. We went to our local farmer's market this past weekend. We got some veggies. There were owls there, which was so cool because I love owls. Tried some yummy food. We got some African pie, which is like the best pie I've ever had.
0: Amazing. When Carly talked about owls, her eyes opened up like an owl she was so excited
1: that's funny actually I think back in high school I used to wear this owl necklace every day (laughs) oh how was your weekend and your week I know you said that you were sick last week so you're feeling better now yeah tell me about it
0: yeah my weekend was nice I got to celebrate one of my best friend's birthdays and we had a really nice day and it was great. You know, I got back into the habit of being a social creature. (laughs) So it was nice to have friends who helped me to do that and are just really nice and supportive. So that was great. And I taught yoga this weekend. It was so nice to be back teaching yoga after taking a week off. I missed it so much. So that was awesome. And I just, yeah, stayed at home and you know, socialize a little bit and then recuperated and just listening to myself, taking my time. So it was a nice, relaxing weekend.
1: That sounds nice, and I'm glad that you were able to ease back into your routine and socializing and yoga. That's wonderful that you at least finding yourself back into those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So last week. We talked about masking.
1: We did, yes.
0: And this week we wanted to continue the conversation, but go into another topic that's kind of tied in with masking, and that's having an invisible disability. Yes,
1: this past weekend, it was International Day of Disabled Persons. So this week we wanted to focus and highlight the importance about what an invisible disability is.
0: So this ties into masking because masking is the practice of hiding our autistic traits so we can better fit into society.
1: Right. And so autism is an example of an invisible disability because it is not something that you can see physically on a person because it is the way that the brain functions, processes, and develops.
0: So it's not a disability that you can see because it's just how your brain is working. It's how your brain's processing, and it's how your brain has been developing over the course of your whole entire life. So that's not something that can be seen physically. It's really more of an internal process.
1: Right. So how would you say that having an invisible disability has impacted you in your experience?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that we were both undiagnosed until we were in our mid to late 20s really says something about this, like how invisible this disability is we didn't even know that we were autistic. I didn't know for the first 28 years of my life that I'm autistic. And I think that really ties into the fact that because it's such an internal disability, you know, it's the way our brain is working. We're able to mask and hide that from the outside. How about you, Carly? What do you have to add?
1: Right. Like you mentioned, especially since we're late diagnosed, having an invisible disability can be challenging for advocating for yourself around those people that might have grown up with you, not recognizing that you had the disability either. And for yourself, as you mentioned, we mask to hide these autistic traits. And for me, When I started processing the diagnosis, I started to unmask a little bit more around people that I felt comfortable around, or even just going out in social settings. I will use tools that will help me to advocate for myself. However, I think due to heavily masking for my whole life, I still come off as maybe looking neurotypical to people that don't know about autism and invisible disabilities.
0: Yeah, when I've told people that I'm autistic, they've said, you don't look like you're autistic and, or you don't seem like somebody who has autism. And I think that really is part of having an invisible disability. These, you know, being autistic, it doesn't look one way like our whole goal of this podcast is to show the diversity of autism and you know there's no one representation of autism
1: right as we've said before and will continue to say autism is a spectrum so it looks different for everybody everybody has different needs everyone has different accommodations that they might need or tools that they use or even feel comfortable using. And some of us might still be masking. Some of us might be in the process of unmasking. So there's so many different stages. No one can really just assume anything.
0: Right. And the whole unmasking process is kind of a scary process just because, I mean, at least for me, it is because I really like to know what to expect. And so with the way that I've been presenting myself for so long, you know, I pretty much know how people are going to react to me. But it's scary when I start to unmask in situations that are new to me because the reactions that people are going to have might be really different. And it's just really interesting to be able to Control how you present yourself to the public. And um, I use the word control lightly because, you know, we don't always have control over that. But masking, you know, is kind of the way of controlling how you appear to other people. And that masking causes your needs to almost become invisible because you're. Showing people that you might not need accommodations, even if you do, like, for example, if I'm around people I'm comfortable with, I might put headphones in or earplugs, and if I'm in a situation where I feel like I need to mask, I don't feel comfortable being unmasked, I might not put the headphones in because I don't want people to judge me, basically. I don't want people to, I don't want to have to answer questions or whatever it might be. What do you think about that, Carly? It
1: definitely resonates. I do want to highlight the difference between my life before my diagnosis and my life after my diagnosis, because I find them to be completely different. And when we're talking about things like masking and invisible disability, I'm thinking about traits or habits or the way that I was before this disability. And to be honest, I'm really not the same that I was then. I am a lot more accommodating of my own needs. And I don't really put myself into situations that I think are not going to be safe for me. And what that means is I'm not going to go into a situation, a social situation, or anything that I have to mask usually. Like I'm out as autistic because I want people to know that I have these needs and I don't want it to be not known anymore. I don't want it to be invisible. I want my needs to be met so I can live a happy and peaceful life. Sorry, I went on a rant. But that was like, from my heart.
0: (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to say like, Oh, my gosh, you're so brave. Because like, I feel like that can sound like come off as like patronizing. But like, for me, like, personally, like, that's the goal. And like, getting there is so hard, because I am afraid.
1: Right. And I think that's very normal to be in that stage. And I think i I see a lot of people that are in that stage and are looking for help or community and understanding. And it is scary to put yourself out there and have people judge you. But I'm not afraid of the judgment anymore. And I know, like you said, you don't want to like i'm I don't feel like I'm brave for doing that. And this is just my own perspective because, this is where I'm at in life. I can't speak for anyone else, but this is just my side of it. I don't want to have to struggle for someone else anymore. If the person isn't going to accommodate me or advocate for my needs, then do they really care about me? And it really just comes down to that for me, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think mostly what I'm thinking about is like, not my personal relationships but when it comes to like the workplace like because I am looking for a job that's something that really scares me cuz I don't want to have to mask but you know the jobs that I'm looking at like I don't know how I would do them without masking somewhat and it's just stinks like I don't want to have to take a job where I feel like I need to do that but you know gotta make money somehow.
1: (laughs) Right. And I do relate to that aspect because that is something that I'm trying to learn how to navigate as well. And I think I generally, like if I were to go to a job interview, I will have a different voice that's more high pitched. Like it's almost just like my customer service voice. I can't even do it without being in those settings. But that's something that I definitely want to work on when I'm starting a new job as well. But I don't know what that looks like either. So I can't say, you know, that I'm going to be unmasked. But I will say that it will be a process and maybe a process of speaking up more about it with other
0: people that I'm working with, which I didn't do in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think like I like looking at it through the lens of like my personal relationships, like I'm very much in agreement with you that you know, like accept accept me for the way I am or if you don't accept me for the way I am, then this relationship I'm not going to prioritize our relationship. Like absolutely, yeah, I agree with you. I think I'm more so like thinking of situations where people aren't as knowledgeable about autism and they carry the stereotype of autism. And because it's an invisible disability, they have that lens of how to look at it. And so masking in those situations is something that I don't want to do. And I'm learning, like you said, how to fully be myself.
1: Mm. And I do see where you're coming from when you mention having to mask in front of strangers who aren't going to understand maybe what your needs are, or who you are, because they don't know anything about you. And so you're not necessarily going to bring up autism to them right away if somebody were to, you know, speak down to you or, you know, many times people will gaslight us and it's just from the lens of their perspective. And it is scary because I recognize that I'm privileged to be able to mask and that's not always the case. And that can lead to a lot of harm. And that is, I think why I use my privilege in my voice where I can to create this understanding and rewrite the story of the spectrum, even if it's just my lens, it will open up maybe to whoever is listening and maybe it will trickle down and teach somebody something new to open that spectrum to have a better understanding of that person that might be unmasked in in the middle of the mall having a meltdown. I do it for them.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I love that. And I appreciate you so much. And what you said brings to mind, like the silent struggle. And how, you know, for most of my life, and I'm sure your life, we were struggling silently because our what we needed wasn't visible. To people. And I love how you talk about bringing your story to the public. And I agree with this. That's why I'm speaking on my experience too, is to make people aware and help people learn about autism and all of the different traits and all of the diversity of autism that is just not one, you know, stereotype that. There are so many different factors when it comes to autism. And hopefully one day people will be able to openly identify as being autistic and not have to be bombarded with questions and have stereotypes placed upon them and have people not believing that they're autistic or being told that they don't look like they're autistic 100%.
1: And so I was also wondering if you wanted to speak on ADHD at all, because that I would say is also an invisible disability. Um, Some other examples of invisible disabilities may be different chronic illnesses or depression, anxiety. But I was wondering if you wanted to touch on your ADHD at all, since I know a lot of our friends. Our neurospicy ADHD years.
0: <laughs> yes, I am spicy. <laughs> yeah. So again, I did not. I haven't really talked much about my ADHD diagnosis, but I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was diagnosed with autism. So I've grown up going to school with ADHD and wondering why I didn't, I never got my assignments in on time. It's so hard to complete tasks. And um, really what that presents as is laziness. And I don't believe in laziness. I don't think that's a thing. I think there's always an underlying cause as to why somebody is not doing something. And we all want to just put the label of laziness on it because it's so much easier to think that they're doing something because they don't want to. And then you don't have to investigate it any further. And you can put the blame on them. That's what calling somebody lazy is. It's putting the blame on them for not doing something. But really, like in this world today, there are so many reasons why people aren't accomplishing what they need to. It might be because they have a mental disorder like ADHD. Or autism, or maybe they're not getting their needs met, like food, or shelter, or, you know, relationships. There are so many things, and that's something I really learned a lot about, like, so many reasons why people might be labeled as lazy, even though that's the farthest thing from the truth, and that actually really enrages me. Um, But I saw it so much as a public school teacher you know blaming the students for being lazy and i just think that's such a a way of like saying oh there's nothing else i can do this student's just lazy and i really don't believe in that that's something that made me so angry as a teacher because there's just so many factors as to why they're sleeping in class or not doing their homework or you know not getting done what they need to and that extends to Real life as well. Um, I definitely just went on a rant there, but that's kind of like what having ADHD is like. It's just kind of like I will do these things that I want to do, but if it's something that I don't want to do, it's the hardest thing to do ever. (laughs) You know, it's like really easy for me when I want to find out information about my special interests. I can go on the internet and research sloths for so long I can go look up a topic in biology and read scientific literature about it and take notes on it and like be really excited and like that's a lot of like when you think about it that's a lot of work like I'm putting a lot of work into that but when you look at my kitchen like my dishes aren't done my dishwasher is full you know I might need to fold my laundry and do those things so like looking at my house, I might look like I'm lazy. But here I am, like researching, you know, really intense topics in science and taking notes about it, like basically writing a paper. And it's just because that's something I'm interested in, but I'm not interested in doing my dishes. You know, it's helpful when I'm able to make those activities interesting. Like I Habit stack a lot, which means taking something that I I enjoy doing and adding it to something that I don't want to do. So now, when I'm doing the dishes, I listen to a podcast that I really like and that helps me do them. But yeah, that's there is so much more to that experience. I mostly just went on a tangent.
1: Oh, that was wonderful. Thanks for sharing all that you did. I think we could probably have a whole episode going further into it. If you ever wanted to hear about that, let us know.
0: Uh, We would love to have a guest on the podcast who has my experience of having autism and ADHD.
1: Definitely. I would love to hear more perspectives and share those perspectives. Absolutely. Sharing stories. That's what we're in the business of. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to touch on too, like you mentioned laziness and, and how there's always a root to it and that's something that i really learned from going to therapy was what is the root cause and instead of labeling it as lazy right away why are we not seeing what the deeper cause is of having this executive dysfunction
0: yeah absolutely and maybe the cause is executive dysfunction <laughs> You know, we could both talk so much more about this topic of, you know, having an invisible disability and we will, there will be many more episodes. Maybe some guests will be on those episodes. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email and we'll give you more information. Our email is gmail.com. That's P-O-D dot the special interest at gmail.com and we mentioned last week that Kyra is going to be our first guest we did not tell you who Kyra is we kept that a mystery until now but Kyra is Carly's dog and she continually interrupted our podcast last week because this topic just really excites her so much so (laughs) she's not actually going to be on the podcast but we made a, a joke last week Also,
1: we would love to hear some questions so we can feature them on our future episodes. So if you have any questions regarding invisible disabilities, we would love to answer them the best that we can. You can send those to our email or you can also message us on Instagram or Facebook Those are pretty much where we're located right now. Okay, yeah, so thanks for listening. Don't forget to share this with your friends and your family and your neighborhood dogs and (laughs) follow us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, the Special Interest Podcast, or join the Facebook group, the Special Interest Podcast fans. And we are the Special Interest Pod on Instagram.
0: i'm alex
1: and i'm carly
0: (laughs) and i'm carly (laughs) there's my high-pitched server voice there it is (laughs) and we appreciate you listening to our podcast and tune in next week for another one we love you love ya bye